Hi, and welcome to the Success IQ podcast, the show for entrepreneurs who want to create and live an exceptional life. I'm your host, Jeff Nicholson, and this is episode 38. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are in the world. I truly hope you are having a fantastic week. And we've got another great guest this week, Tom Schwab. Now, I haven't really known Tom that long, but one thing I can say, the company that um, he he owns is a truly fantastic company. It's made my life so much easier as a podcast host that I had to get him on the show because the way he does his marketing, the way he gets his customer services working is just absolutely first rate. And I wanted to get him on the show to talk about his journey and his and share some golden nuggets with us. So Tom, welcome to the show. Jeff, thank you so much for uh, for having me on and having our other clients on. I love Success IQ and excited to be here. Yeah, brilliant. So Tom, could you just tell us a little bit about your journey that got you to sort of to start creating interv- Interview Valet? Well, you know, you never ask a guy that's like 50 years old for his journey because that's a <laughs> long story. But I... I started out as an engineer. My first job out of college was running nuclear power plants. So I think of things as in wow. systems and and how to how to make things reproducible. And uh, uh, so as I got into the business world, did corporate, um, did my Fortune 500 tour, uh, did my own business, and I built that up with content marketing, inbound marketing. You know, using content to attract visitors and engage leads and really delight customers. And one of the things after I sold, built up and sold my business and started to work with some other people, I noticed that blogs just weren't working nearly as well. Uh, but mm-hmm. podcasts were were really taking off. And the other thing I noticed that doing a podcast is hard work. You know, anybody that te- tells you it's easy has either never done it or never done it well. So, yeah. uh, you know, Jeff just makes it look easy. <laughs> so one of the one of the things the great ones make it look easy. So I looked at it and said, well, that's a lot of work to do your own podcast. Why don't you get on other people's podcasts? Where, you know, you can get interviewed there, get that no like, and trust, and use that as sort of, you know, the the Tim Ferriss four-hour work week hack. Mm-hmm. And so we started to work with this over a few years ago, and uh, now we've got experience with over 200 guests, over 4,000 interviews. And really, we've built that into a system, a system to, uh, to really use podcast interviews in order to talk directly to your ideal customers. Because, you know, one thing I've noticed is that it's really hard to break through the noise anymore right people are just blocking it out and most of the time when you try breaking through the noise you're just adding to it so this is a way to to get in on the conversation and uh, uh, we help people do that uh, here at interview valet yeah and it's it's a it's it's really interesting there's two things that really i think about that is it's one of the reasons why well this is my third attempt and this one's going a hell of a lot better than the other ones but it's it's one of the reasons why i started the podcast because I'm not a, a, a writer as such, as, as I much prefer to have conversation. So actually, this is, compared to the other sort of ways of content marketing, this is so much more um, adaptable to me. And it is it, it is a far better way to get yourself above that noise, that, like you said before. And the other thing is, is, it's interesting because podcasting has had an interesting an interesting ride recently. It seemed to die off a little bit, and now it seems to be really taking it by storm. 
Uh, very much so. And, you know, one of the things, like you said, is that some people aren't comfortable on video, mm. but most everybody's comfortable having a phone conversation. You know, yeah. uh, we've talked with clients and said, you know, well, you know, would you like to get in front of, you know, 10,000 people and talk? And they're like, I'd be scared to death to get in front of 10. But, you know, the, they can have a, a conversation one on one and let thousands listen in. And what you said, too, is, you know, yeah. I, I said I'm an engineer by degree. Mm-hmm. Um, I joke that English is my second language. I'm not sure what my first one is. <laughs> but for for me to write a blog is painful. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I, I pretty much dictate most of my blogs. And then transcribe them, have somebody clean it up, make make me sound intelligent, and then put it out there. And I, I do the same thing with podcast interviews. I'll I'll sometimes just transcribe it. Now you've got you know all kinds of content for a blog, for for tweets, all the rest of that. And uh, you know I, I can't always sit down and and uh, write something, but I tell you what, I can always sit down and talk. Yeah, and for 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 you is what 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 um what type of conversion is a podcast compared to say a traditional blog or of something of that nature do you do do you know what that would normally be in conversion yeah most of the time blogs you know they'll talk about a good blog converts like 1 to 2% um from visitor uh to lead and that's pretty good, you know. Uh, when we first first started doing podcast interviews, we were seeing conversion rates of like twenty five percent and fifty percent. Wow. And Jeff, to be honest with you, I looked at that and thought, no, that's too good to be true. It's yeah. just, you know, it's the niche, it's the personality, whatever. And we kept testing that, refining it, and really found that no, that's the rates that you can get. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen seen conversion rates up to 75%. And if you think about it, it makes sense, right? If it's just cold traffic, yeah, one to 2% off a cold traffic from a blog. But man, after you've heard somebody after, you know, the host, Jeff has introduced me, asked questions, you've, you've heard, heard the story for 30 or 45 minutes. That's, that's not cold traffic anymore. When they're coming to your site, they're coming ready to engage. Yeah, no, that's, that's brilliant. So with, for you is, is where, why, how do you, how do you start? So what type of person do you think podcast interviewing is ideal for? Uh, to me, it's somebody that's trying to to build a business, build a relationship. You know, I always say uh, online today, it's never been easier to make a transaction, but it's never been harder to build a business. Yeah. So if you're, if you're just trying to, you know, uh, sell the newest widget for the cheapest cost, there are easy and quick ways to do that. You may never make a profit at it, but there are easier ways to do that. But if you really want, you know, um, to find ideal customers, you want to build that relationship. You want to work with them over a lifetime, that lifetime value. To me, those are the people that do the best with that. Yeah. And, and for you is, is when they are, when they are converting that and when they are having that conversation with, with the podcast host and, and looking at using that to build their platform up is, do you what kind of strategies do you think they can use to then flip that and rather than just being you know the 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 voice they then can start converting to create some sort of to, to market for that uh, and that's and that's so important there jeff because um the interview is the fuel 
Mm. And if you think about it, if you just take some fuel and light it on fire, you'll yeah. get some heat, you'll get some uh, some light out of it. But at the end of the day, you'll just go, wow, that really didn't accomplish much. Mm. Really, you've got to take that fuel and put it into an engine. And that's really what we focus on is how to use this as an entire system. So with this, you know, sometimes I'd say I'll, I'll pull, you know, I'll pull the curtain behind and show you how it works. Mm. When you're on an interview, you, you should always give people like the next thing um, to do. Right. Mm. So um, help them solve their problems. So like one way would be to to give another offer or, or something that could help them. Mm. Uh, so like, um, for example, I'll, I'll put a sheet uh, page together on our website and everything we talk about here, I'll put that on. Mm. Uh, you know, I'll put the, uh, the six tips to getting booked on your first podcast. Mm. So with that, um, that's really a system now you're, it, you know, in digital marketing, they'll call that calls to action. Yeah. But it's really to how do you move somebody along? If they're interested, don't just go at the end of the podcast and go, Sign up for my newsletter. Nobody yeah. wants another newsletter. <laughs> no, no. That's why I'm I'm surprised they're even that that they don't just fall off the fall off the cliff soon. <laughs> because it's it's such an it's such you know there are some I mean there's a couple of people I had to unfollow because they literally sent War and Peace on on as a newsletter and I just physically don't have the time to do it. But one of the great things is with a podcast is you get, you know, whether it's 30 minutes or either it's, you know, 45 or whether it's even 15 minutes, you can do that while you're doing something else. And I think for me, that's the massive power of something like a podcast. Jeff, I, I've got to laugh here because it's it sounds so weird to talk to you right now, because <laughs> when I when I listen to you, I listen at one and a half to two times speed. Oh, really? Podcast. <laughs> I, do, I do. It keeps me from um, my mind from wandering. And I okay. always joke that I, I listen at 2x speed as I run at 0.5 speed. All right. Uh, so it's always weird, you know, to li to actually talk with a podcaster because I'm so used to your voice being speeded up. And I think that's an amazing thing is that there's no other medium that I can control no. the the speed of it. And I can multitask when I'm doing it. You know, I, I can't watch a video when I run. No, no, not at all. Although maybe soon with Google glasses and and God knows what else, that'd be that'd be a whole nother thing. Well, actually, let's let's look at that for a second because that that's intriguing. Do you find that listening to things faster is, is beneficial to you? Does, do uh, you retain that? Uh, for me, it is. And right, I, okay. I uh, if I if I was born in a different decade, they probably would have diagnosed me, you know, ADHD. Mm. Um, <laughs> I, I'm easily distracted. Mm. And so when I'm listening to, to books or podcasts, I'll speed them up mm. and um, it drives my wife crazy if she's in the car. <laughs> But that's like one of the things that we talk to our guests about mm -hmm. and we always coach them to have the best interview is set your cadence for the same as the host. If the host is a slow talker, mm -hmm. don't be a fast talker because people will set the, the cadence to the host because that's who they're used to. They're used yeah. to talking to Jeff all the time. So if mm -hmm. they listen to Jeff at one and a half times speed and you're just way, way too fast or way, way too slow, it's going to throw things off. That's fascinating. I love that. And I remember years ago, I invested in a, I think it was a Paul Scheel. I think I'm pronouncing that right, about speed reading. And at every end of that module, he would remove all of the pauses and crank it up to two, two and a half times speed. Um, because the the strategy was, is that's how you could increase accelerated learning. 
And it, I never thought about doing it with a podcast or even an audio book, actually. I've never thought, I'm going to experiment with that one, Tom. I'm going to uh, try that one. It's always it's always something to try. And, uh, you know, with podcasting yeah. now, the control is in our hands. We can uh, listen yeah. to it when we want, where we want, and what speed we want. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. So one of the things is that um, I really admire your company with is the customer service. And what what has it taken to develop that customer service with your um within your business to me i think it's really the focus is whatever you focus on whatever you measure um you know whatever your core principles are or values Mm. the company will go around that and uh uh, you know one of the things that we've we've got different values and you know one of them is that relationships the ultimate currency you know another is that people Mm. remember how you make them feel Uh, in the digital age of automated automation, it's the personal touch that makes the difference. So we always talk about those different values there. Mm -hmm. And I think people either resonate with those or they don't. And that's that's fine. It's like if they come to our company and they don't resonate with those, uh, they probably don't make it through the interview process. And yeah. I, you know, um, uh, we hire nice people because you know that's that's the difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've always just focused on that. And uh, you know, we just brought on a new chief marketing officer, and I, I loved it when uh, one of the interview questions is what's how do you define you know what you do as a chief marketing officer? And he mm-hmm. said. Well, I believe in Zig Ziglar's quote that if you help enough people um, get their achieve their goals and their Mm. dreams, you'll achieve yours. And he said, so if I can come on board and help all of our customers and all our clients achieve all their goals, then we're going to achieve all our goals. And so that's that entire focus of, you know, being of service, being of Mm. service to the podcast guests, being of service to the podcast hosts and looking at that long term relationship. Right. We're just not trying to to get somebody on one show or uh, have them sign up with us for, uh, you know, one interview. Mm. Uh, We've got we've got clients now that have been out three and a half years and, you know, uh, they started doing two interviews a month. And we got some that are up to six interviews a month because they're like, this works great. Uh, I'd say the, the biggest problem we've had is some of them had to scale back and they're like, I don't have the capacity anymore. Uh, yeah. the capacity with the leads and customers that are coming in. Yeah, I think I think that's the thing is it, it's it's whether you're going to be a guest or whether you're the podcast host. It's it's one thing I've learned is it, it's that it's that scheduling. I think I've done I've done fifteen, sixteen interviews this. What are we in June now? No, we're in May. It's, no, we're in June. God, I've done. I can't even remember. It's like jet lag. I think I've done ten interviews this week. Um, okay. And um, I, it's because of the way I look at it is, is let's bulk it up. So I know that should there be any gaps, I think I've got speakers, uh, guests up right up until uh, November, all all planned in and everything. And that's from from that product productivity strategy of making sure that everything's booked in and planned. But it's and it's a real challenging it's a real challenging thing. Not only as being a guest because obviously I've I've been a guest on shows as well, but actually being the host as well as of, of trying to get that structure and those systems in place. And that's the thing is like I always say what we do is not magic. Um, I share it freely on podcast interviews. I, I, I even I wrote a book called Podcast Guest Profits. If anybody wants it, you can buy it at Amazon, or I'll give it to you for free. If you if you don't mind a digital version, um, just uh, I'll put it on that same page. Um, okay, just in, in, interviewvalet.com forward slash success IQ. Yeah. And you know, so I I 
I tell you how we do it there, mm-hmm. uh, but it, there's a lot of work to it. And our best customers are the ones that come to us and say, you know, um, Sinatra only sang. Um, you know, that I want to be the talent. I want to be the performer, uh, at the podcast interview. Let me be the guest and you guys take care of all the rest. Yeah, no, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. So when you look at the systems of your, cause obviously with the, from an engineering background, how, cause obviously for a lot of the listeners who are entrepreneurs who are doing that sort of thing, systems is a key, is a key part of, of that sort of thing and being productive and, and managing time wisely what sort of advice could you give on someone about the systemizing of some of a business? Yeah. The older I get, the more I believe in this Mm. is that your success is in your systems. Yeah. So uh, it's not how hard people work because people will go to extraordinary Mm. levels, uh, both team members, yourself, but that's not scalable. And, um, you know, the uh, people try to do the best they can, but when they fail, it's 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 because there's something in the system that's broken down. So I always say if you're always working on your systems, your people will be happier because mm-hmm. they'll have the tools that they need to do. Your customers will be happier and you'll be happier, too. Um, you know, I, I I always look back on it when I was in the Navy. You know, the average um, age of somebody running a nuclear reactor on a U.S. Navy ship. And this could cause a uh, uh, international incident because it's scary um, is is probably like 22 or 23 years old. And yeah. it's not that they're they're rocket scientists. No, no they're they're really hardworking people. They're well motivated. But yeah. you know what? They've got systems they can follow. And I think yeah. so many of us in our businesses, we're looking say, well, it's too complicated. I can't systematize it. If they can put a system together for running a nuclear reactor, I can put a system together for for my business and mm-hmm. and teach my people how to use that. Yeah, and do you? Um, it's t- funny enough, is a guy who I used to work with was um, fr- from America, and he was in charge of managing the nuclear weapons. Um, and he, he would he talked about their instruction manuals, which was simply like you know turn screw four times to the left. Um, so someone anyone could come in there. Obviously, they've got to have that training. But there was there were that detailed in what they needed to do in order to follow the the strategy. So it makes complete sense. And obviously, with something as important as nuclear, <laughs> anything, anything, <laughs> anything nuclear, you want to make sure you're tightening those screws to the right to the right level. But the other thing is this with it with the systems. Um, did you document them so you literally have almost like a booklet or or some videos or something that your staff can go to to follow that through? And I, I would say yes and no. Okay. So from the standpoint of yes, we've got the um, the words out there. We've got videos that show how to do it. We've got the flow charts. But mm. I can't say that I did all of those mm. because the thing is, is if if the systems come from on top, sometimes yeah. people don't take ownership of them. And yeah. sometimes the best thing to do is to show somebody the first time, here's how we do it, and then say, I'd like you to document this for the next person. And I want you to teach the next person how to do this because they'll always keep it up to date and take ownership with it. Mm. And then the other thing that I figured out is that um, uh, the hardest thing to ever do is make something idiot proof. Yes. Because, because us idiots are so creative. Yeah. <laughs> so there's no way that that you can make something totally idiot proof and nor yeah. should you be trying to. So no. we try to put the framework there. Yeah. But then start to 
to to tell the people and teach the people what our culture is so yeah. that if there is a, a question that's not in there, well, go back to the vision of what we're trying to do. Go mm-hmm. back to our values and mm-hmm. you can make the right decision um, off of that. Yeah. And also is you're, you're, you're helping them develop their initiative as well, aren't you? Uh, very much so, because especially as fast as we're growing, you know, our our entry level people um, today, uh, a year from now, will be managing people. Yeah. So from that standpoint, uh, we've got to uh, we're limited by how fast we can grow our people. Yeah, no, that's brilliant. Hey, would you like to find out some more strategies about increasing your performance at work and boosting your fulfillment in life? If you're looking for strategies and techniques to help you do that, to take your business and your life to the next level, to create and live that exceptional life, then why not join me on my webinar, Kick Mediocrity in the Nuts? Yep, you heard it, people. That's exactly what I'm going to help you do. It's about maximizing your potential and increasing that level of fulfillment in your life. All you need to do is go to www.successiq.co.uk, register for the webinar, and I look forward to seeing you there. Take care. Have an amazing day. Okay, welcome to the second part of the show. This is an opportunity for me to put Tom on the hot seat and ask him the set of questions I ask every guest on the show. So, Tom, are you ready? I am. Okay, so question number one is how much time do you spend a week on self-development? This is one that is tough because I see it in so many different ways. Do I count um, my spiritual time in church as self-development? Do I a time uh, when I'm talking with other business people? But I can give you a, a hard and fast the, answer. The, is an- that I- the answer is yes. Okay, well, I, I would say, you know, from that standpoint, uh, it's probably 20 hours a week, but I always do what's uh, Hal Elrod's Miracle Morning. That's changed mm-hmm. my life. So there's always like an hour in the morning that I'm working on my personal development, working out, reading, journaling, things like that. And that really gets the um, uh, the day started out right. I love that. So what time are you up in the morning? Are you a 5 a.m. person or? I'm I'm up at 5 a.m. Like I said, I'm 50 years old, so I wake up at 5 a.m. because I need a cup of coffee, and uh, uh, no matter what what uh, what season or what day of the week it is. Yeah, have you always done that? Has that been from the Navy days, or is that is that when you adopted um, Hal's process? I just uh, did Hal's probably within the last six months or so, but okay. I've always been an early riser. Okay. Uh, just from the standpoint, I can get so much more done yeah. uh, early in the morning than I can at late at night. Okay, okay. And when you obviously you listen to podcasts, it's it's your it's your gravy, so to speak. I sure do. But, but um, is there is there any other favorite um, modality that you like doing? Do you like watching video training or anything like that? Uh, to me, it's talking to people. Okay. Um, I think, you know, the richness of our lives is the richness of our relationships mm. and what's ordinary to you is amazing to other people. Uh, you know, in, yeah. in nature, the only way that you get fruit in life or fruit is through cross pollination. Yeah. And I think the same thing is true in our lives too. If you're not always, um, Ex- exposed to new ideas, new people, uh, new ways to look at the world, well, you're not going to bear fruit in your life. So I always just, you know, um, I'll go up to to anybody at a conference and you know, just figure out there's something that I need to learn from them. Uh, and, um, I'll, you know, what's ordinary to them will be amazing to me. I love that. And I, and, and I think you, you've really hit on a key thing there is because, you know, quite often we, what we do on a day-to-day basis we do take for granted you know you find that a lot with trainers 
you know, the tough, the stuff that they train with and teach people on an every day, they think that everyone knows it, but actually there's quite often that they don't. And having a lovely, you know, relaxed conversation with someone can really make a difference and help you grow and that other person grow at the same time. And I, you know, I love listening to like, um, or watching BBC yeah. because the people that like, I w- watch the local news here in the States, well, mm. they reinforce what I always already think or already believe. If you start watching it from, uh, from other countries, you'll see that, you know, the world doesn't view things the same way that you do. And I would say that even, you know, in communities and stuff, if you're still around with the same people that, you know, go to the same places, read the same books, uh, you're not going to get a whole lot of cross pollination. No, no, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so question number two is, what is your favorite personal development book and why? Uh, this one, I'm. it's the one that I've most recently implemented. It's called The 12-Week Year by Brian Moran. Yeah. And he just talks in there about, you know, looking at, at life and the world in 12-week segments as opposed to 52-week segments. And I've uh, implemented that starting last um, last fall, and it's really changed my life. Yeah, it's really good. Funny enough, I'm listening to it at the minute because um, we had uh, Teresa McCloy on. Um, I interviewed her this this week, and yep. she obviously talked about that. Um, and I started listening to it, and I used the self uh, journal, and that w- works in a 13 week cycle. Don't know why, um, but it's it, it it does make things a lot easier to focus on when it's broken down in that way. And you know, I I actually love that Jeff because uh, you know in if you break up into quarters, there's 13 weeks every quarter. So yeah. I look at it as I'm going to work hard on 12 weeks. And if I've got all my goals done, then I'm going to take that next week and sort of use it as a, a recovery week or a planning week. But knowing that if I don't get my 12 weeks done, yeah. you know, there's like the bonus week I got to work. Yeah, yeah. And it makes it more tangible as well going, right, okay, let's just do it in the quarters rather than going, okay, what do I need to achieve by December at the end of the year? I just think exactly. breaking it down just makes life so much easier. No, that's cool. Um, okay, so question number three is what's your favorite app? By far, it's Rev.com. It's a transcription app. They'll transcribe anything uh, for a dollar a minute. And like I said, oh, wow. uh, I'll take podcast interviews, uh, my blogs. Most of the time I dictate them. Um, and super easy. Do it straight from a, uh, a, a smartphone. And probably within 10 or 15 minutes, it's emailed. Well, it's not to me. It's emailed to my assistant mm. who cleans it up. And uh, I can get an idea for a blog in the shower, dictate it uh, you know, as I'm driving. And mm. uh, it can be up by the afternoon. And all it took me was you know, the, the four or five minutes to dictate it. Wow. So th- that's when you start speaking at two times speed as well to make your money last. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Okay. Okay. Question number four is what's your biggest business mistake and what did it teach you? I, I'd go back to the worst business advice I ever got. Okay. And because um, early on I thought it was true and it came from my grandfather and it's the only wrong thing that old Irishman ever told me. He said, um, Choose carefully who you drink with because you can't choose who you work with. And for him, it was true. He was a mechanic in a small town. If you showed up with a car, you were his customer. And I think it's so much different now for us. And it's like, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, if I wouldn't drink with you, I don't want to work with you. Yeah, I like that one. Brilliant. Okay, that's a good one, actually. Yeah, I like that one. Okay, question number five is, what are your challenges in balancing life and work and how do you manage them? 
Well, I'm glad you put it in that phrase because most people talk about work-life balance, and I think it's supposed to be life-work balance. And I will and- be in completely honest. I, the questions when I first started the show were that, and I've started to change it because I hate that work-life, and I think it is agree with you. It should be life-work. And, and with that, um, I, I used to try to segment it. Well, this time I'm working, this time yeah. I'm um, not. And, and I think more now, work is what we do, not yes. where we go. You know, yeah. people used to say, where do you work at? Well, it's not that. It's where do you work mm-hmm. or what do you do for work? And so for me, I try integrating it. I've got the luxury now of we're a, uh, a virtual company, a geographically diverse. So, you know, I can pretty much work from any place. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that, you know, if you ask my wife how many hours a week do I work, she'd tell you 60. You know, if you asked me, I'm like, eh, 10 or 15. Yeah. Because there's 10 or 15 that I wouldn't do unless you paid me. Yes. All the rest of it, this is fun stuff. Yeah. So to me, I, I, I think um, really just looking at it as a as a holistic thing, yeah. um, not just saying I, I got to go to the salt mines now and then yeah. I get to come home. Okay, brilliant. Excellent. Okay. So question number six is what advice would you give an entrepreneur that you wish you had known starting out? Um, that you, we're all making it up as we go. Nobody's got all the answers, right? If, if if I knew what I needed to know, I'd already be there. Um, and it can be from a young, a young parent. It can be, uh, from a business owner, you know, just know that you'll meet the right people, learn the right things and you can figure out as you go. I love that. No, I like that. And it's, it's true, isn't it? We, 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 there, there is an awful lot of that experience that we do that actually, in order for us to learn, we've got to, we've got to make those mistakes. Yeah, there's and in life in general, you know, when you get a, a a child, you know, there doesn't come with a manual. You've got to figure it out and do the best you can and ask questions. Yeah. The same way with a business, you know, I don't care if you've grown your business to a hundred million dollars, yeah. uh, you've never grown it to two hundred million dollars, so you're making it up as you go. Yeah. No, I like that. That's really, really good. Okay. So question number seven is what is your definition of success? This this has changed with time. Where I am right now is that if you can look over your shoulder and be happy um, where where you came from, if you can look forward and be excited to where you're going and then look down at your feet and be happy where you are, to me, that's success. It's got nothing to do um, with power, with money, with fame, all the rest of that. I've seen way too many people that have that and aren't happy and they look at somebody that's happy with their life and they're envious of them. Uh, yeah. So that's my definition of success. Yeah, and it's it's it's. I love that because it it is so much. It's it's being, you know, a lot of the times is I know through my journey in recovering, and I know a lot of p- people that I work with is they they ignore where they are right now because they're always pursuing, and they're always chasing the you know the grass is greener on the, the, the other side and all of that sort of stuff, but it's not until they stop and appreciate where they are right now that that's actually really when that journey starts. Yeah, because it's um, uh, if you live in the past, you miss out. If you live in the future, you miss out. And, uh, you know, every day is a gift and not a given. Yeah, no, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Okay, question number eight um, is the life lesson question. So you basically pick a number between one and 50 and whatever number that lands on, it will equate to a lesson that I have learned over the, the last few years. And we will discuss it. And it's okay for you to disagree with it. 
but it's to, it's because it's a talking point. So pick a number between one and fifty, Tom. Well, number forty-seven. Number forty-seven is ah. I said be open to all faiths. Um. So this is a this is a, a thing that I learned is because when I was starting to to get well, it was there are so many great lessons from all the all all of the scriptures. So you know, there's some great lessons in the Quran. There's some great lessons in the um, in the the Tao Te Ching, which isn't a religious book. But there's so many different mm-hmm. great lessons from from religious books, and those lessons can teach us so much. You know, is it fables? Is it fables? Is is that the right word I'm looking for? Yes. Yeah. So they have these fables that you can listen and and put you into that situation based on how you are now. And I just you know, it's it's. Be, dedicate yourself to looking at those sort of stories and reading those sort of things to help you really move forward in your life. And I just wondered what you thought. Oh, I totally agree with you on that. And I think the stupidest people in the world are the ones that think they know everything and aren't yeah. open up to, to other things. Yeah. And um, even even if you don't agree with something, listen to it because you'll see mm. how somebody else um, views it. And mm. I think with our faiths, we all have more in common then we do uh, a difference. And there's been wars fought over uh, verses and how one person (laughs) and and another person, and it's broken families apart and all the rest of this. And, uh, um, uh, as a kid, uh, yeah. I can remember my dad yelling down at the basement. He'd start flashing the lights and uh, when we were fighting, and he'd just yell, would you kids just get along? And, yeah. you know, I, I yeah. that's how I picture God. Whatever yeah. you want to call him or her or whatever, <laughs> yeah. sometimes I, I think the, the, the lights flash, the, yeah. the thunder and lightning goes off, and the voice from on high, would you yeah, kids yeah. just get along? <laughs> But also, I suppose, is you can take that on to many other things. It's it's looking at all the different, you know, in the world of personal development, there are so many different strategies, so many different beliefs, so many different things that we can ignore at first because we are, you know, close-minded. We, we think that stuff is too, you know, fluffy or whatever. But actually, when you stop and read that kind of thing, quite often it makes sense if you remove that um, closed-mindedness that you may have at that moment of time? Uh, very much so. And I think it'll make you um, appreciate what you believe even more so. Yeah. Um, you know, I I uh, grew up Christian. I, I'm, a, I'm a Christian. Uh, but it wasn't until a friend of mine who's Jewish invited me to a Passover uh, supper. And mm. it's like, this is so neat. Now I understand what all the tradition comes into here. Yeah. Uh, you know, one of my favorite business books is Thou Shall Prosper by Rabbi Daniel Lappin. And mm. a lot of times um, uh, I'll refer to him as my rabbi and people yeah. go, I didn't know you were you were yeah. Jewish. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm not. But that doesn't mean I can't have a rabbi because no. the way he explains things through yes. that tradition allows me to see things differently. Mm. So yeah, I, I'm totally with you is to be open to, to different faiths, different ideas. Uh, uh, none of us have all the answers. No, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. So Tom, could you um, tell us a little bit of how we can get to find out more about you and um, you know any important links that you would like to share as well? Yeah, Jeff, this has been this has been uh, so much fun, and I, I enjoyed uh, enjoyed it. If anybody wants more information, uh, I know you're doing multitasking, doing lots of things. So we'll make it easy. Um, it'll just be interviewvalet.com 
forward slash success IQ. So I'll put mm-hmm. all those things in there. You know, the, um, the PDF, that's the six uh, steps to get on your first podcast interview, the checklist that I use before every podcast interview, the, the free download on the book and everything like that. And then I'll put all my contact information in there too. So if you just go to interviewvalet.com forward slash success IQ, all that stuff will be there. Brilliant. Thanks very much, Tom. Tom, it's been great having you on the show. Thanks very much for all of the support you've given me as well. And I just want to say wishing you the greatest success. All the, all the best to you too, Jeff. So first of all, just let me say a huge thank you for tuning in or subscribing to the show. I'm very grateful for that. If you have any suggestions of topics that you would like to to suggest that we have on the show or perhaps you want to give me feedback of of what you think about the show then you can send any emails to podcast at jeffnicholson.co.uk I love hearing from you and your feedback really does help me make the show better so if you want to find out more about me or how I can assist you to live the exceptional life then you can visit www.jeffnicholson.co.uk or you can follow me on Twitter, look for GN Coach, or on all other social media sites, I am Jeff Nicholson UK. If you want to subscribe to the show, you can find us on iTunes and Stitcher. If you've also enjoyed the show, can I invite you to pop over to iTunes and give us a rate and review, as it really does help make the podcast more visible to increase its audience. I look forward to speaking to you next week, and I want to take this time to wish you the greatest success. Take care.